Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Got your slurp in, Ian? Yep. You got your Diet Coke slurping. Yeah. It's a CU podcast. Uh, number 161, I believe, for uh, Tuesday, May 21st, 2019. Still past birthday month. Uh, alongside Ian Ferguson, I'm Pat Contry. On the show today, we'll be discussing lots of goodness. Uh, we're discussing Sega Genesis Mini adding 10 more games to their lineup. GameStop potentially changing their power-up rewards. Uh, the Indie Go Retro Console on Kickstarter. A Tales from the Game Store making a comeback. Mm-hmm. Ian's already on. That's a good sign. Q&A as well. Ian, how was your Taco Fest? Uh, it was fantastic. Uh, I think we split something like eight tacos, nine. A Three of... taco size and small ones? Most of the time, yeah. I was going to say, the small ones you can pack them up, <clears throat> eat like ten of those over the course of there the was, day. There was... There was a good number of small ones, and then there were some larger ones that we uh, we split. But uh, everything was good this year. The number one taco for me was uh, the TKO fish taco from Sandbar. It was uh, they took a tortilla, crusted it with uh, cotija cheese so that it was like crunchy and melty. Okay. Marinated dorado uh, slaw. Um, Mango jicama salsa and then a bunch of crispy fried onions right on top. It was out of control. You know I'm on intermittent fasting. Ian. You know it's not. I'm, a, I'm well aware. It's I think the entire word, world is well aware. I, I, of your intermittent I, did, I didn't need the mouth watering on my mic at 9 a.m. Yeah. this morning. Well, but. then I'll leave it there. I'll leave it without describing <laughs> any of the other tacos. But but it was uh, a good time. You pay to get in, then you have you, you, you go pay, off on tacos. You pay to get in, and then you is pay it? for the tacos. But there's also like music and stuff like that. Is there like games to play? It's no, been a, it's been a taco wheel. There's like uh there's lucha libre though. There's like four matches. Really, they got a, they got a, uh in, in rest in peace. Of Silver King who passed away. In the yeah, ring, yeah. Uh, last week, I just knew him from WCW. That's all. Hooventude, I think. Yeah, Hooventude's Well, he was a young kid. He's got to be late thirties right now. But Silver King, I think, was, was mid early mid fifties. Yeah. Um, so that was that. I saw that last week. That sucked. But yeah, Taco Fest has uh, Lucha Libre, and then there's also uh, two heats of Chihuahua races. And oh come on, and, they're, a, they're, and, they're, a, and a Chihuahua beauty pageant. They're really leading into this. Yeah, they're they lead really into. leading the hell in. They're like, you know what? Fuck it, Lucha Libre, Chihuahuas. We're gonna. This year we did not. Um, this year we did not stick around for the musical act. The musical act this year was uh, Nelly. We, Nelly. We we well, back in two thousand two with hey, Nelly. Last year was uh, Salt and Peppa, but that was fantastic. Oh, that was fantastic! I was so happy there. And you, and you were tweeted at by the DJ, right? <clears throat> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's her name? Um, Spinderella. Spinderella. That's right. Uh, Salt and Peppa helped make Pat a little Pat a man back mm-hmm. on, on on the box music television. You control. That's and in vogue and groups like that. Um, real quick, I'm going to open up. Uh, people have been asking me to open up the Yoga Cat that Vani gave me last week. I'm hoping for either the Dancer Pose Black Cat, adorable, or um, Camel Pose uh, Cat right there. Let's see what we get here. It's Blind Box. 
Blind box. It's exciting. You know, some people make livings just doing this. Like, I know. Seriously, I guess we should just switch to it. <laughs> I'm surprised there's not more retro game ones. I'm trying to... Maybe we, I, that's what we should sell about the conventions. Oh. oh, my God. It's the one I wanted. Oh, sweet. You got Dancer Cat. Wow. What's the odds of that? Well, Ian, the odds are one in six. Yeah. <laughs> out of the odds. Wow. I Seriously, this is the one I wanted. Look at that. Dancer Pose Cat, which I can do. I can do. I'm flexible for a guy. Look, they even supported his cute little belly. Yep. Or her. Well, I can't see it. I can't tell. This is going up here. <laughs> there you go. There we go. That gets added. Thanks so much, Vonnie. How perfect. That's so, that is perfect. That's the one I wanted. I would have been fine with any of them, but, but um, uh, that the side stretch is pretty good, too. Yeah, that's, that's a good, a that's good, a good side stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What was going to say? Oh, yeah. Um, slurp, slurp, slurp. So uh, the NES book is officially out of stock. I said it last week, uh, according to some people on, on Twitter, trying to make light of it. Well, uh, well, uh, you probably sold like five copies. No, that's not. I'm not bragging how many copies sold, but it's out of print. It sold a decent amount. But you can pre-order it at uh, ultimatenes.com or also pre-order a certain Super Nintendo guidebook. I'm starting to finally do like the um, the compilation in terms of. So the writing's all bit is all done for the uh, Super Nintendo book. There's been rewrites being done and and things of that nature and still waiting on some assets, some card assets, things like that. That's why it's been a little bit slower going than I would like. But I'm actually doing the compilation, actually placing things inside. It's not magic. There's no script. Composition? The composition, and, and it's an Adobe program called InDesign, which is like the, you know, there's only like two or three programs you can, you can use. You can, you can use Microsoft uh, uh, Word even. There's a way you can do it. To, or, there's no more Microsoft Publisher. It used to be back in the day. I don't think that even exists anymore, as far as I know. But they, can, they put it into Microsoft Word. But... Um, I'm like knee deep into this now. I'm up to like I think I'm up to uh, late F's in like a day and a half of work, and this is grinding work. But you know what calms me down is is watching. I love watching old poker shows, uh, and the best of them. And I because I love Texas Hold'em, and I want to play it professionally. I think it's like a dream of mine. Uh, and the best of them is high stakes poker. Now the good news is that these are all on online on on YouTube. Like someone uploaded them all, and the quality is all good. I don't think it's like the official whoever owns it. I don't know if Poker Stars owns it, uh, the rights, but High Stakes Poker was on from like 2006 to about 2011 or so. It was like seven seasons. Only the first six are good, and I'll tell you why in a second. But if you like poker even in a little bit, the only thing on TV uh, before that was is the World Series of Poker, which is tournament poker, which is totally different than High Stakes Poker. High Stakes Poker is cash game poker, mm-hmm. which is in, played entirely different uh, 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 strategy. It's a lot more bluffing, a lot more huge raises um, when you have nothing uh, because it's cash and people are less likely to put all their money in on cash. And people on, that were on the show were both torrent players and cash players, and they brought their own money. They they were only paid, I think, like $1,200 an hour by uh, by Game Show Network to be on the show. Um, so they brought $500,000 to the table. Uh, Daniel Negreanu, uh, who, who has his own um, master class, which is funny, and I see his commercial. Daniel Negreanu brought a million dollars one time in cash big stacks with chips on the table Jesus. so it's fascinating how these professionals um they act like they're playing with nothing when they're playing with hundreds of thousands of dollars of money and a lot of pots go they go all in sometimes with like recklessly with like nothing or or, or um marginal hands and i apologize if out there you don't know, know nothing about poker I'm, but I'm, tr- I'm gonna tell you why this is interesting it's interesting just because I, you have such a wide array of characters you have these like the tight newer internet kids that are like literally early 20s that started happening in the mid 2000s before that online poker was all made illegal in the u.s in 2011 i think or 12 whenever it was black friday when they knocked down the three big sites uh online but then you have the old guard like you have um 
you have uh, uh, guys like Jesus Christ. I can't believe uh, uh, the old cowboy. Doyle Brunson, who was like one of the original guys that would like do like the barnstorming games like in the 60s, driving around Texas when guys trying to like rob with shotguns. That's how, when, when poker was illegitimate still. It wasn't right. a legitimate thing yet. And so he's there and he's got the old school style. He literally wrote the book on Texas Hold'em. And he's facing these young kids. And then you have like these amateurs with way too much money that get in like these restaurant uh, tiers and people that, they, they they know they're out of their element. They know that they're getting outplayed, but sometimes they hit a hand. Right. So they're in there too. And like the, Jerry Buss, who passed away, he was on the first season. You know, ex owner of the Lakers. Um, and then you have probably the coolest person on the planet, Sammy Farha, who is probably best known for being the runner up. I think it was a 2003 against the uh, money maker. Uh, who was the amateur that sort of kicked off him winning the World Series of Poker? Sort of kicked off this modern poker era. And Sammy Farha is, is a Lebanese businessman who has the slick back hair. He's got the you know the gold chains, the jewelry, and he and he has the literally he has a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. Mm. He's like what you think of like the prototypical poker player. Yeah, I've seen him. And he's I'm, I'm looking at him. He's now. the fucking best because he's good natured, but he's still like doing psychological warfare. And he'll bet with absolutely nothing. He'll just bet with nothing. Like, with like, oh, I got seven, four offsuit. Yeah, I'll put in 2,000 and raise it up. And he's such good natured about it that he makes, he made the, those episodes so fun. And then you, then you get brilliant guys like Phil Ivey, who used to be known as like the, the best poker players in the world. And he was like 29, 28. Uh, so, and then you have this awesome commentary by uh, AJ Benza, who used to be uh, uh, Hollywood Stories, yep. and then and then Gabe Kaplan, who, who was who was Welcome Back Cotter, yeah. he was a poker player for a while. And Gabe Kaplan was so hysterical, and their chemistry was so good with with AJ acting as a straight man, and then Gabe Kaplan doing the one liners and with the setups, and and but also having really good insight into the game at the same time. Brilliant show. If you like poker at all or curious, check them out. They're all on YouTube. Someone has the playlist of all of them. Just look up high stakes poker. First season's a little shaky. Season two, it gets going. And then for some reason, they got rid of AJ Benza for season six, but kept Gabe. And then for season seven, they got Norm McDonald got rid of Gabe Kaplan inexplicably. Inexplicably. And then so season seven is terrible because of that. Not that Norm was bad, but Norm did not have the insight of someone like Gabe Kaplan who had played poker for like 45, 50 years or 40 years. Gabe Kaplan was like 60 at the time the mm. show was on. But anyway, that's all I'm going to say about high-stakes poker. You ever know if you've ever watched it or not, but I, I, I love the show. And it's actually therapeutic. It's like ASMR almost to hear the chips all getting shuffled by the players and they hear the commentary. So that's all I'm going to say about high-stakes poker. I've never been able to follow poker as like a a visual thing. Like it's, vo- it's very strategic. I mean, it's, it, it's, it is. It's, I, I've always enjoyed, I always enjoyed the game. Um, but I haven't played since I moved out here. But I used to play with the people in the kitchen at the restaurants that I, I worked with. What would you play? What game? Uh, hold them. It was hold them? Okay. Yeah. And I was pretty decent. Uh, I mean, I always left with money, not losing money. Did but... you play with, like, tip money? Uh, yeah. And, I mean, there, everyone, it was so big in Buffalo for a while that everyone had their case of fancy chips. Oh, every... mid-2000s? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and everyone had the fucking table. Um, like, they had a... You buy a little kit that had, all like, a little, little case that had all the chips in it and the, the pack of cards. Yep. And, oh, yeah. yeah, like I said, my friend had, like, a, the the full Texas Hold'em table. And sure. And we used to go play and... It's a fascinating yeah, game. I did fine. Um, but, yeah, I liked it for the strategy. It wasn't so much the money that mattered to me and... Oh, I just fell off of it. Yeah, it, it combines it's it's a card game that perfectly combines psychology with analytics, and you have to be good at both in order to play. Um, even online, 
you have to know there's psychology online as well and analyzing patterns. Is that I just love it. it's brilliant. I'm gonna as I said I'm gonna retire and just become a. a uh, the hold'em player. You're going to see me. I'll be the new Sammy Farhaw. I'm going to slick my hair back, all the cigarette out of my hanging out of my mouth, or all the gummy hanging out of my mouth, <laughs> just like that. Um, Mahjong is similar, actually. It's, is it? It's very there's psychology involved. It, it, there's a lot of psychology, oh. a little bit of luck, and a lot of psychology. Well, then it's like uh, it's like hold'em. Um, okay, so uh, Game of Thrones came and went. I I had not seen a single episode, and I, ha- I used to have HBO uh, at the condo. And I just never got into it. I just never did. I know it, it's picked up a lot of steam in the past like three years where it's like you can't avoid it. Um, Vonnie, um, Vonnie just started watching it. Um, so I've been I've, I've seen like the first season and a half or something. Now that I'm watching it, I kind of wish I had watched it as it was going along because it's really not a bad show. Um, no, it's a great show. From that's why it's lasted ten years, yeah. eight seasons over ten years. Is that what it is? Yeah, just about. But. Uh, you know, so I've, I've I've tried to stay away from some of the more recent spoilers, but I've seen most of them. So you know, watching now, I'm like, eh, well, it's still it's it's still well acted, it's still well done, it's still fun to watch. There's tons of money put into it. I mean, from I hear, this last season was only six episodes, but each episode was like an hour and a half or two hours. They're like movies almost at this point. I think they're just hours. They're just episodes. hours. Yeah. Okay. Oh, then I read that like the night battle took them like two months to film. For like that one episode or something ridiculous, like like they, this was basically like filming a couple of movies back yeah, to back this sure. last season. Um, but um, I was gonna say, I remember watching, I remember watching the, the previews for way back was it 2010 or whatever, and I was like, oh, there's I, I love Sean Bean, like, there's Sean Bean, it looks like Boromir is coming back to, to be in this show. Then I found out that next year he got killed. I'm like, what happened to him? Oh, he's dead. <laughs> I was like, oh. So I couldn't even get into it because I love I would have got into it just for Sean Bean. And I guess that's what people were shocked about. It's like, oh, anyone could die, and you know the show. Twists and turns, and obviously it's based off a book series that's still not finished. It's famously not finished yet, so I, I think the first three or four seasons, what they built it off the books. I think the, everything. That, I, I think it was. I think it was uh, starting with season seven. I think was no books to build it off anymore. Or if yeah, it might have just been eight, but I know that yeah, it was like seven or eight was. I think just, it's been at least a couple seasons from what I've it's seen. just yeah, it was just gonna fly. So I, I guess J.R.R. Martin probably told him this is the direction you should go. I guess. I, he probably should have outlined it to him. George R. R. Martin. Yeah, George George R. Martin. As I said, did I say George R. Martin? He said R. R. Martin. I said J. R. R. Martin? Mixing a little Tolkien. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's the source material yeah. way back. Uh, so, pe- I know, so people were disappointed in this season. They felt it was rushed. They felt like some characters, uh, Dragon Lady, what's her, whatever her name is, uh, they didn't feel her uh, arc was made sense. Other people said, like, no, it made sense. Other people said, no, it was rushed, but it kind of made sense. Other people felt betrayed by the character. So overall, there's been a lot of disappointment. Just overall. like th- It's been middling uh, this season from what I've seen on social media. And then with the finale, people uh, are upset. Um, and then, of course, you get the petitions yeah. where people are saying they want to remake the whole season. Remake season 8 HBO. Just spend another whatever couple hundred million dollars what have you hundred million dollars get all those actors back and remake it um obviously that's not gonna happen and um and i'm not sure what to tell everyone who gets disappointed about their fiction what to do how it ends um this isn't gonna be you know an an entitled baby sort of conversation they could get there eventually but um I, i will say that for a show like this to even exist is a miracle a dark, uh, grim fantasy epic that lasted like nine, ten years with eighty a, something seasons or eighty something episodes. I think 
if you, if you told me like 20 years ago this would be a possibility, I would have said you're absolutely out of your mind that they yeah. would make a show like this where it's not just fantasy, but it's, there's like it's dark tones. People get tortured. People get raped. Uh, it's it's oblivion. It's it's like it's the grim dark Lord of the Rings, but it's supposed to be well, well written, and there's intrigue involved. So I would I you, you I would feel blessed that this show got to eight seasons and it finished up. I know people are disappointed. Um, one of the actors, I think the actress who plays uh, Sansa uh, Stark, who also plays uh, Jean Grey, uh, plays uh, uh, Dark Phoenix. That's coming out soon. She said it was these petitions are are, are and the backlash is disrespectful to the cast and the crew. And for what they put in, and you know, if I was on, if I was in her shoes, I, I probably would think something similarly. It's like we busted our asses off yeah. to do this, and we can't satisfy everyone and all the people behind the scenes that made this happen. Um, so yeah, of course, people have a right to be upset, but I mean, God, I don't know what else you could ask for. Nothing, almost, almost no show ends perfectly. There's very few shows that I was going to say very, very few shows. I mean, uh, lots of shows. Mad Men almost it was near perfect. I thought Mad Men, and that's regards one of the best shows ever. Cheers had a pretty good ending. And that was the biggest show, probably the '80s to early '90s, was Cheers, and that ending was huge, and but that people were satisfied by that. I feel like HBO is king of making great shows that don't end particularly fantastically. Oh, it's an, what's another one? That you have? Uh, Sopranos, from what I've heard. Oh no, from what I've seen, Sopr- Sopranos was just really misunderstood, and people looking back like, "Well, no, that was a brilliant ending." Uh, in retrospect, how it goes to black. Uh-huh. That's Tony getting capped. Well, that's what I always... Tony got kind, killed. That's what I always kind of assumed. Yeah. All, all the hints are there, and people just didn't pick up on them. You know. Um, Oz and... Dun, 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 I, I loved Oz. Was that pretty much the pr- first big HBO show? It, it was, I think it was the, I think it was the proto, yeah. I HBO remember watching show. the Seinfeld uh, SNL skit that was the most hysterical thing ever. Seinfeld goes to Oz. It was the funniest because uh, they got all the actors in it. It was, it was great. I loved that show, though. But yeah, the last season got fucking weird and stupid. Uh, I never watched it. Talk about talk about a dark show. I'm not sure I want to watch that one. Uh, that's why. I don't that's a re- that's, that's a reason thing. why. Like when people say Game of Thrones is really dark, I'm like, you know, maybe I'm alright not watching it. I can't do a lot of dark TV. I don't. Yeah, Oz my is, uh, it, it's weird because I'll avoid really dark TV, and then if I start watching it, I'll slowly get acclimated to it. Yeah, it's, but, it's exposure therapy. But I'm not. It's still not like no. I've got enough reasons to be pissed off right now. In a perfect world, I would watch more dark TV. But I listen to dark m- music. I listen. I read fucking dark books. Listen I, to dark music. What are you into? I don't need to. I, I don't need to necessarily be watching dark TV <clears throat> movies, horror movies, stuff like that. I can do because it's a one and done. You sure. sit down, you watch it, and it's finished. But to like get into a TV show like that and have eight seasons of it. With that budget and that scale, that's what I'm going to say. That that's I'm rare. Just saying, well, yeah, but I'm just saying that's 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 a lot of emotional. Oh, to and, get attached. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is probably why I don't want to get into it because I don't want to get into it and then be like, feel like I have to stick up with it. Mm-hmm. Like with Mad Men, I, I binged Mad Men like a year and a half ago. No, it was only like a year ago. I was here, Castle Country. I got through it in like two and a half weeks, and I was like, no, that was brilliant. That was worth my time. Definitely worth my time to watch every episode. I still need to by. finish that. Um, but. For something like this, where it might seem like a chore to get into, I might be like, especially get disappointed if they recast a few characters, it sounds like, and people are disappointed, and I just like, I just want to stay away, especially with this with this petition thing. I'm like, I'm okay, I don't want to go near it. Um, so speaking of petitions, Ian, coming back circle to the beginning of the podcast originally in 2013, yeah. uh, the rumor mill is that Robert Pattinson is the front runner uh, for, to be the new Batman. Correct. In- um, Robert Patterson of, of uh, Pattinson. Pattinson. As I said, right. Pattinson 
of Twilight fame. He was also uh, Cedric Diggory in uh, Harry Potter. Uh, speaking of something I sat around with for too long, you know, I enjoyed Harry Potter. Um, <laughs> so, of course, people were even keeled to, uh, to this announcement. Oh, no, there was obviously another huge backlash and petitions about, about this as well. Um, I think people forget that he's uh, an actor who's done a lot. He's an actor he's who a, acts. Who acts? And he's, he's not. He's not. Uh, what's he's, his name? Edward. Yeah. He's not the. He's not the Twilight vampire guy in real life. If you, if you go, if you go into even a supermarket, he's not going to be Twilight guy. Yeah. He's not. I don't think so. He's an actor. So, so. It, it's. I I think we're at a point where, where. Now it's to be expected, but it's it's almost becoming a parody of itself. All all the outrage over this, these announcements, yeah, because it happened with it happened with Keaton. Affleck. It happened with Keaton. It happened with Keaton back in the day because he was a comedic actor known for Mr. Mom and things of that nature. Dream Team, Beetlejuice had just come out with with Tim Burton, um, and then. But back then, there was no social media. You don't know that unless you go into a comic shop or watch watch like Entertainment Tonight. It in was funny though. I saw a uh, someone had posted online, you know, talking about like this is a petition. With it a, was a, it was a petition with Batman at the top, and it, it says On Michael paper. Keaton is Batman, and then it like has like a paragraph about. <clears throat> it sounds like all the idiots who write today, but it was like. You know, he's You're a fine, it. he's a fine comedic actor, but blah 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 blah. Uh, you know, and, and do your it was like do your duty and sign up, and it like basically, <laughs> the, oh, we the undersigned demand that like they uh-huh. change. And oh. So yeah, I mean, they're and they would tack them on the walls in comic shops. Well, here's the thing about petitions that I want to. This is how human psychology works: is that you feel like you're 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 getting something accomplished by lashing out, whether it's online at a certain podcast or signing this. The people making the decisions, though, they have nothing to play off. They can say, oh, yeah, they're angry about this, but they'd probably be more responsive to a positive push for someone. Right. If you said, this, these are the guys we want beforehand, they'd be like, maybe they can, the WB heads be like, oh, okay, I see what's happening. See what we're talking about? Because that kind of happened with Christian Bale. Before, before he was cast in 2005, people were like, we want Christian Bale. This guy was just an American psycho. He has the look of Bruce Wayne. He's a great actor. So there was a push online about 14 years ago. Wow, 14 years ago. Jesus Christ. 15 years ago, 2004. I remember going on. Back then it was like Ain't It Cool News and like Dark Horizons websites. Right. Back then before social media where people were like, we think Christian Bale would be great. And they must have heard that because they cast, they cast Christian Bale. Everyone was like, holy shit, this is dream casting. And it worked out fantastic. So I think uh, studio heads are more bound to respond to that versus we hate you fuck you do it our way sure yeah because if you're in that position be like well this is nothing to work on you make me feel like a piece of shit fuck you right back yeah yeah uh, it's not constructive it's not constructive come from someone who gets criticized uh you know often uh it's not constructive at all and it just hardens people in in the decision making position, so Robert Pattinson though has been putting up uh, good good uh, good acting chops from right here. He's been acting well in indie movies the past six six years or so, and reportedly he doesn't even like Twilight. But guess what? He's an actor. He's got to get paid. So I just you know. found out that he actually does a commentary track on Twilight. Okay, where he trashes the whole movie while he's talking. I really want to see that. Okay, that's that's. I don't I know, really, I, I really want Twilight. to see that. So Robert Pattinson could probably get cast and do extremely well. The same way, well, we didn't complain about the Affleck casting at all. We complained about the direction of the whole uh, DC series. The casting was the least of my yes. concerns. Um, but with Heath Ledger, the same thing happened back in 2007. People went out of their fucking minds when he was when he was cast. Oh, he's in all these rom coms and oh, Brokeback, Brokeback Joker, making jo- no. He's a great actor. 
So the yeah. fact that he can play a gay cowboy and play uh, rom-com stuff, he has a range. He could do the Joker. Yeah. And he did it extremely well and won an Oscar posthumously. So um, relax. <laughs> Wait for this shit to come out. We'll I'm be sure, fine. I'm sure the director will know early on whether or not he's shit. They do things like auditions. They do read-throughs. They do costume tests, makeup <laughs> tests. They know whether or not someone's going to be shit beforehand. Now you walk in, they throw you a fresh costume, still sealed in the bag, and off you go. Remember, they recast... Uh, I'm Mar- Batman. They recast Marty in Back to the Future. Like, they were basically done filming the movie. They filmed, like, most of it and ha- had to reshoot a chunk of it. Who was originally Marty? Oh, I forget. I feel bad because they won't release any of the footage out of respect to him, but people want to see it. They only put, like, a couple of clips on, like, the, 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 uh, the 30th anniversary DVD that came out a few years ago. Huh. But it would have been a totally different movie, a darker movie. It was that, I don't know, I forget the guy's name. People in the comments going to. Anyway, the whole point is that that's rare because at that point they usually know who's who. Oh, actually, um, uh, Michael J. Fox was their first choice to be Marty, but he had to do uh, the Family Ties show. Oh, right. Uh, Eric Stoltz. That's right. He was huge in the mid 80s. Yep. In the late 80s. And he still acts. He's still around today. Good old Mr. Stoltz. So, anyway, so that's all I'm going to say about um, the online petitions. They're, they're cute. They're, I think they only work when you're being positive and pushing for something versus the negative backlash because at that point, it's I don't know. It, it gets lost in the in the, 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 the fuzziness of the, of the world, we'll just say. So, all right, Ian, speaking of uh, fandom, we just passed the 20th anniversary of The Phantom Menace. Star Wars, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, yep. I think is the official, first, uh, official title uh, of it. It uh, came out 20 years ago in May of 99. And that sort of hit us like like just dropping a bomb on us. Dropped a bomb on us. And what what are your thoughts about twenty years of of looking back at the Phantom Menace? Um, looking back at it now, especially now that we're you know two movies into uh, you know the the third Star Wars trilogy, um, I I look back at those prequels and. I realize that in I, while I like the idea of them. In terms, like the story could have been very interesting. Could have been, um, and I think that it really needed better actors to make that happen. I, th- I think the story, more or less as it was, what needed better writing. Well, better the writing story. too. The script, the script yeah. was trash, but the, the, the basic idea for the story was there. Yeah, there was a story. Um, I I hated the second one. The second one is regarded as the worst one. Some people have a fond memory of the first one. Well, that's where I'm getting. Yeah. So I hated the second one. And honestly, I was not that impressed with the third one. By that point in time, I was just done dealing with... Um, it's not to be mean, but I, I I just could not handle that Anakin. It was... Hayden Christensen, I, I I don't think he did horribly. The writing didn't help. The writing didn't help, obviously. You, I, could, you could see where there were points where like they are literally clunking through the dialogue and yes, i don't think that's all the acting but it's partially it are you saying love is blinded you this is from uh, yeah yes no i'm so in love with you it's like the you want to like your head's gonna explode right like you can write something better on the spot than that however um phantom menace while i have no desire to ever go back and see it again i, I have good memories attached to it um that keep me from hating it i think as most as as much as other people did i uh, i was in high school and uh, I was a I was a fucking mall rat, and we were hanging out at the mall. Ooh, and it was mall rats. It was uh, launch day. Uh, it was like the release day for the movie, and you know we hadn't heard anything about it. Our friends and I wanted to go 
you know, we wanted to see it, but we figured there'd be no tickets. Well, it was a giant at that point in time. It was like a 20 screen theater um, in the mall. Mm -hmm. And when we walked by, you know, I just stupidly was like, hey, any tickets for Phantom Menace? And he's like, oh, yeah, plenty. So we were just like, oh, so we bought tickets and we went and saw a showing. Um, I remember leaving the movie not <laughs> not particularly happy with it or excited about it. But I think just because it was high school and it was something to do, it was a fine way to pass the afternoon. And as a person who likes Star Wars but isn't a crazy huge fan, it's hard for me to be too disappointed, or at least I thought it would be hard for me to be too disappointed, um, because I'm just kind of in it for the, the ride. Uh, so I did go see Phantom Menace two more times after that. It's the only movie I've seen in the theater three times. I haven't seen it. You saw it three times? Yeah. Uh, the second two times were, uh, or the second time and the third time were on LSD. Okay. Um, That's because, why I made it better. It, because yeah. it was a lot of fun. But the pod racing scene. The pod racing was, scene yeah. was intense and the last lightsaber battle were great. So I was in high school and I had nothing to do. And I had this acid, and I had friends who, you know, a couple friends who hadn't seen the movie, so I'd just tag along, and I went and sure. saw it three times. So, no, I don't hate it. There are things about it that I'd like. I um, like the, like I said, I like the basic concept of the story they set up, and then it never really goes anywhere. Well, it's a movie that, we'll just say, wasn't, wasn't needed. Sure, um, it wasn't. I mean, no one asked for it. I mean, I, this is going to be us harping on it. I want to talk about more about the, the, the error and things that, that happened. But yeah. in short, to talk about the story, no one asked for a 10-year-old Anakin. When, no. when they announced these movies, no one imagined they'd start with a little kid Anakin, which, by the way, the actor, uh, you don't want to get on a, a kid actor. I'm not blaming the kid actor. I'm blaming the casting of the kid actor. They should have. I remember watching the behind-the-scenes uh, DVD stuff, which is gold, by the way. The, the behind-the-scenes stuff that they, they actually put on their own DVD online showing people like looking at Lucas like he was crazy and, for, and afraid to criticize him at all, which is why the movies are, are so out of whack because no one said, no, George, we're yeah. going too far with Jar Jar and things like that. I think Spielberg even looked at him like, yeah, George, this sounds good. Looking at like the robot thing, thinking like, wow, what the hell? Because they're friends forever. But um, the, on the behind-the-scenes DVD, they, they showed the uh, auditions of three kids, including the kid Jake Lloyd they picked. The other two were far better. But what in particular... He he was like you could see in him in his kid performance how he could be like he was brooding as like an eight year old. You're mm -hmm. like, ooh, this kid could be Darth Vader, and I was like, that's a kid they should pick, and they don't. Like Lucas was smiling at Jake Lloyd so much, I was like, wow, that was the worst choice you could have made out of the three. Again, not blaming the kid, but you went in the wrong direction. Yeah, uh, that's not that's not what I want to talk about though. I want to talk about just the the buzz around this. This was like the first movie where there was like a huge fucking like, oh my God, this is coming a year from now, Buzz, that I can remember. Yeah, same. Maybe Independence Day, maybe. <laughs> that was with, with that teaser originally, but that was more, sure. but that was Super Bowl teaser that year of like 95, I believe, or 96, where it showed the White House getting blown up and that came out that summer. Right. And that was a huge event when we do it. But with Star Wars... Yeah, that was, I mean, that was really the, that, that, those summers from like 96 to 2000, those are big years for summer, like That's when blockbusters blew up yeah. a lot. Mid mid nineties ninety five ninety six they yeah. started blowing up, uh, yeah the, the awful Godzilla movie things like that. But um I was a huge Star Wars fan. I mean huge. I mean I grew up with it. I did toys when I was a kid. You'd watch them. I think USA Network would show them uh, Christmas. I believe they would show the they would show all three. Yeah. Usually, so you'd watch them at least then. Or um 
if you got like that showtime for the weekend, which happened like once or twice a year, mm-hmm. they could show them. Remember that? You got all excited because we, yeah. we only had basic cable. We didn't have same. Yeah. Cable. So like middle, middle class Pat, we you, couldn't get a that. preview of a, of a station. It would just be, you'd suddenly have it added to your TV for like the weekend. For, it was like yeah. for like three days. So that was really your only chance to see Star Wars. Unless you obviously you rented them back then. We didn't own them. I think my, my dad might've rented them one time. He, he rented them, and then we saw them on TV. Like they'd be on TV like twice a year. So there was the toys. But once you got to the early nineties, in the in the landscape of Star Wars, there was nothing going on. Nothing. You, you had some Dark Horse comics that came out, um, and then you had buzz from oh George is thinking about doing the prequels. He's, he, then he was like oh no he's thinking about doing episode uh, seven eight nine. That's what the talk was. They didn't know they thought about bringing back Hamill and in, in the early nineties. Only been ten years, so it was out in the middle of nowhere. And then like the PC games were I think a huge part of bringing Star Wars up, uh, the focus of the zeitgeist back on them um, through um, the PC games, X-Wing, TIE Fighter, Dark Forces. The N64 comes out, then you get Shadows of the Empire novel, and, and then the N64 games I thought were huge for, for pumping it back up. Oh, what's this Star Wars? We got new stuff. We got Shadows of the Empire. We, yep. you, we got things like that. We got Rogue Squadron. That's coming back, and those were popular games. Shadows of the Empire, those commercials were everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. Which, by the way, that's not canon anymore, which pisses me off, all that shit. Well, it's a Disney thing. They didn't even keep Shadows of the Empire or Dark Forces. I thought was dumb. Uh, anyway, so there was a pump up in like with the younger teenage crowd beforehand with the video game stuff. In, in your 20s, but I was a teenager. The video game stuff. Um, and then they brought out like the THX versions in like 97. Then they had the special, the special, no, excuse me. The THX ones were like 95. The last time you can buy these versions. Special yeah. editions were 97, came out in the theater. That was a big thing. I saw Empire. Because yeah, my brother had the full screen, I think. THX trilogy box set. And yeah. then they brought up the special edition yep. uh, letterbox ones. So then, then they put the special edition in theaters. And then, oh my God, here we are, Phantom Menace. And then the trailer came out, I believe it was like, it was like November. I think it was like November of 98. I was in college, uh, freshman year. And then um, the trailer came out, the teaser. And then like Zoom pod racing. Remember how big that was? Yep. It was like nothing, nothing, nothing. Someone walking through the, the mist, I think it was the Gungans. And then bam. The pot, the pot. That that was the first teaser that people online were sharing. Like, holy shit! First trailer. Remember so, that with QuickTime. So yeah, I, I, mean, I, I, I do. No, you had a QuickTime for episode two, but people were sharing with like QuickTime and embeds. There's no YouTube. You got to go to a website with an embed to my, watch it. Uh, my friend Miles was talking online about how I think he said he was in like I can't remember how old he was, sixth or seventh grade when that movie came out, mm-hmm. and that. You know that first teaser trailer, yeah, got him excited, and he was like telling all of his friends how cool Jar Jar was going to be. Oh boy! I mean, because you don't Jar Jar is a key to everything, but you don't, but you You don't don't really have an idea of what's going to happen. You just kind of see those Gungans, and they're like, okay, that's cool. And then after the movie, he like got a bunch of shit in school for it. So obviously, I was hugely excited. Oh, I missed out something. And then mid nineties, they started bringing the toys back with the power of the Force line. So like Mm -hmm. everything Mm -hmm. was set up for this. Four years in advance. I did a great job. So I knew things were going to be weird. I had a feeling at the time. The teaser was great. The f- trailer came out the, like a few months before, whatever. It's spring of, of 99. And the first 20 seconds of the trailer are, I will not do bring a political action that will bring us to war. And they started talking about politics stuff in the trailer. Trade stuff. And it's just like, 
the people are dying, Senator. We must. I was like, this is kind of weird. It doesn't feel like Star Wars to me. Right. It's a little. They're not focusing on like the the fantasy elements in, in this. You know, the the like the weird stuff. It was like people just talking to each other, talking heads. Right. And I thought that was a weird tone. But that's what the trilogy became. The yep. prequels. Yeah. People sitting down on couches in rooms, CG rooms, talking to each other. That's what the trilogy mostly is. Yeah. With some action scenes thrown in. And that's why people... It doesn't feel kinetic or real. And that's the best thing I could t- say about the difference between the prequels. Uh, even the new trilogy feels kinetic and real. People running around with, on real sets and yes. they try to get that feeling back. And this, it's like, walk, walk, stop, talk to each other about something. Continue on. Sit down on a couch, talk to each other. That's how these these movies go. They're They're just not constructed with any energy. So, or like when Podman and Anakin are talking, just stand there and look at each other blankly, and you know, spit out this dialogue. Yeah, got to get this out. Mason, Canola, uh, were talking about, oh, we must act quickly. Then they stop and like talk, look at each other, and they don't like with a CG background. Anyway, but this was this was the start, I think, of the the hype fandom, geek fandom we know of today. Sure, twenty years ago, this was before Lord of the Rings, right before Harry Potter, a couple years before Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings, like two or three years. Uh, Lord of the Rings was 2001. Harry Potter was 2001 as well. So this was the start, I think, of modern geek culture. When you think about there's buzz, people are camping out for tickets. Um, there's a video we can show, but we'll probably cut it for time. Uh, there's a video showing like the, the interactions. People were dressing up in the costumes, going to the theater. This didn't happen before this movie like right. this that we know of. I guess it probably happened a little bit Return of the Jedi, but that was still in the time frame of these are the movies that are big. But this is 16 years after Return of the Jedi, and you have people, kids that never even seen, that, you know, they weren't alive when Star Wars came out that are dressing up as characters or dressing up as young Anakin and going, they had the lightsabers. It just seemed like they hit upon a younger generation, but they got the kids that were kids in the 80s and 70s back as adults to see it. And so it was like this touchstone moment for geek culture that, for better or for, for worse, got us to where we are today. I'm not saying it's good or bad, but... You know, I don't think people will be camping out for tickets anymore. It's kind of silly. People literally were intense to, to, be, to watch the first viewing. I saw my first viewing. I was so weirded out by the buzz as a huge star. I was weirded out by it. It bothered me to an extent. I didn't see it opening day. I saw it that Sunday, um, like in the middle of the day with a mostly empty theater because I probably saw it Friday and Saturday. And the feeling I got afterwards was like, it wasn't even disappointment. It was just like numbness that this was the buildup that everyone had in their head for 10 years, 12 years since they people thought about them, them making these movies and it didn't feel right. It's one thing I say is it didn't feel right to me as, you know, teenage Pat. Yeah, no, it, I mean, it didn't. The movie felt... It weird. felt off. Yeah. And that's the best thing I can say about it. Say what you want about these these newer films. They don't feel as off. You might disagree and, and, and say like, oh, they ruined Star Wars. Like, But they feel like... At least they feel like Star Wars. They, that's they, what I said after yeah. I saw The Last Jedi finally, which took me forever. I was like... It was a fine movie. It did some weird stuff, but it felt like a Star Wars movie. They feel so, like they're in the same universe. So, to me, like I said, as a person who's not, like, crazy into it, I I like these newer Star Wars movies, I guess. I'm more likely to watch them again than I am the prequels, sure. even though I don't really need to go back to either of them for any reason. Because sure. at least, it, yes, it feels like Star Wars. It, the production feels similar. Yes. They're shot on film. There is practical sets. Yeah. There's less CG thrown in your face, that, you know, 100% of it. Yeah, they, they have CG stuff, obviously, but it's, it's, um, 
it, it's set dressing. It's not the whole set. Well, when you that's look, the difference. I mean, yeah, because when you look at some of that behind the scenes stuff, I mean, they're doing entire. I mean, forty foot green screens behind them. Yeah, that's their sets and, on, and, on the prequels. And green props, like yes. it, and that's nearly all of it. I think they said there was very, very little that was actually shot. Like on well, episode the, one, they shot in the deserts, so that kind of felt like oh, this feels right. like Star Wars. I don't know if they went back to Tunisia or not to, to shoot, but it's like, oh, I, this feels like it, but then not two and three. three yeah. I think as episode two, they, they shot in Italy, the the romantic subplot that sunk it for me. I was laughing at episode two in the theaters. Oh, yeah. I was out. At that point, I was annoyed and laughing at everything at that point. My friend's going, shh. I, like, oh, I just want to see like Yoda flip around like an idiot. And even that, I was like, this is ridiculous. I was out by then. I tapped out. I sold my Star Wars toy collection in my early 20s. I tapped out. I tapped out before before video games. Pat was a Star Wars toy collector. Tapped out. I, I sold ninety five percent of it. Yeah, the second the second one was it Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones. Awful. Just unwatchable. And then episode bad. three, people were like, oh, "Episode three is not bad." Yeah, compared to the first two, it's still not a great movie. It's okay. It's it's okay. It's okay, but honestly, it doesn't make any sense. A lot of it, you don't yeah. you don't get why Anakin turns against his friends and kills kids. There's no there's no explanation for why he would kill kids. There still isn't. So to his mind, saving his wife is worth killing. Potentially saving his wife right. is potentially saving his wife's life is worth killing kids. No, that's like talk about dragon people getting pissed about Dragon Lady. There was nothing set down that he would uh, like. He yeah. Oh, he killed the the, the Raiders though in episode two. Yeah, cause, yeah, because they killed his mom. Yeah, there was revenge here. This was just oh, potentially you can teach me to bring. You know, to save someone's life, I'll kill kids. No, I don't. No one, I think, bought that. It didn't make any sense at all. Anyway, so that's episode one. And here we are at Star Wars. Maybe they should have left it alone, but we got to make money. We got to make money with entertainment. <laughs> all right. Uh, Ian, uh, what's this story going on? Uh, esports player Tifu sues the Faze clan. Is it Faze or Faze? I'll say Faze. Yeah. Sounds fancy like Tarjay. All right, fine. Tifu sues Faze clan over allegedly oppressive contract. This is the first thing I've heard about where now we're getting, you know, we're getting to the maturation of esports when now we have disputes like this. We have contract disputes. Yeah, um, it's kind of crazy. Um, so his lawyer is saying, you know, basically the time is now for content creators, gamers, and streamers to stop being taken advantage of through oppressive, unfair, and illegal agreements. The gaming community deserves a safe environment that allows gamers the freedom to control uh, their own careers. So it's not exactly saying, but there is a complaint, essentially, um, I believe, with how Faze Faze is is handling the monetary payouts um, and how they control them and lock them down, basically. Um, this Tifu fella... Uh, Yes. You know, through his lawyer saying that uh, FaZe Clan takes advantage of these young artists and jeopardizes their health, safety, and welfare, writes Friedman. Um, Tenny says FaZe Clan pressured him to live in one of its homes in Hollywood Hills with other young YouTubers, where he says he was given alcohol before turning 21 and encouraged to illegally gamble. Okay, so I guess if you're in the, you're in the clan, you're streaming, you're doing stuff besides being a pro gamer... Uh, you know, you're in the clan. You gotta, you gotta perform on Twitch. I guess um, he was encouraged. Given uh, he thinks alcohol to liven him up and to be fun, living in a house with other people. That's not cool. That's like being in a frat. Yeah, I was in a frat. Yeah, it's it not like a frat. I, I was in a frat, and that's one of the darkest moments of my life. 
being forced to drink that shit because you're young and impressionable. So I just imagine what he was feeling uh, being forced to drink uh, and illegally gamble stuff. Fawzi clan also continuously pressured and encouraged Tenny and others to undertake dangerous stunts while performing in videos. During one video, Tenny suffered an injury to his arm while skateboarding, which result- resulted in permanent disfigurement. Okay, I joined a clan to play games and have fun and stream, I, I guess. Yeah. Now I gotta be a skateboarder? Permanent <laughs> disfigurement? <laughs> what the fuck? I mean, that could mean anything but from a scar to... So they do mostly... See, I, I know the name. So they, they do more streaming versus uh, professional gaming. I thought it was more professional versus streaming. Okay, I'm, I'm wrong. Uh, so they do both, though. They do both, but I didn't know how much they stream. Yeah. I guess that's a large part of this. You stream well, people don't you are. Yeah, I guess it practice. makes sense. You practice, practice. and people are going to watch yeah. you. Okay. Um, let's see. So, uh, lastly, uh, uh, Tenny has uh, claimed that Phase Clan signed an 11 year old. A uh, 11 year old gamer and pressured the minor and his family to lie about his age. Wow. So, so wow. So he's going to the labor board of what, California to try to work this stuff out. Yeah. So he says that his gamer agree- he's hoping that his gamer agreement is unenforceable and that the company must repay him all revenue it has collected as a result of its work for him. So one of the, I guess one of the main points, sticking points was that they're taking up to 80% of his earnings. Um, says Faze clan is violating the California law and the talent agency act. I guess which puts a cap on how much an agency can take from you. Uh, traditionally an agency takes 10%, 15% sports agents take like three or four or 5%, something like that. I know that. So 80% is unreal to take from someone. Here's, um, Faze clan's response. We're shocked and disappointed to see the news of Tifu's press article and lawsuit over the course of our partnership with him, which began in April, 2018, Phase Clan has collected zero tournament winnings, zero Twitch revenue, zero YouTube re- revenue, and zero from any social platform. In fact, we've only collected a total of 60000 from our partnership, while Tifu has earned millions as a member of Phase Clan. While contracts are different with each player, all of them, including Tifu's, have a maximum of, 25, a maximum of 20% to Phase Clan in both tournament winnings as well as content revenue. With 80% to the player. So that's what someone, uh, we're looking at the Twitter moment. It's like, it's important, this is from Rod Breslaw uh, of Slasher. It's important to note that the 80% number is only for branded video slash streaming deals. Tifu immediately keeps 100% of his prize winnings without uh, Faze Faze taking a cut and presumably all the revenue from streaming subs and videos ads without them taking a cut either. And so, it finishes here. In Turner's okay. case, neither of those have been collected by Faze. So the the twenty percent for tournament winnings and content revenue have, they haven't been taken. So it seems like so he's really disputing the eighty percent of the brand deals and branded content. That's yes. what it sounds like. Yeah, um, which is a high number. It, I'm not gonna. I'm not. No, gonna... no. He keeps eighty percent of it. Eighty percent goes to the player. Twenty percent goes to Phase. It says mm-hmm. it right here. Have maximum twenty five or. Contracts are different with each player. All of them, including Tifus, have a maximum of 20% to phase so that's clan. That's not what he's claiming. He's claiming they're taking both up to 80%. And as well as content revenue with 80% to the player. That's, but that's not what he's claiming. Okay. And that's not what, what uh, this deal says. It says 80% numbers only for brand de- uh, deals. Uh, okay. So so something's going on here where there's just... there's just uh, I don't know what's going on here. There's... It, 20% of the game or 80% of the company. So if he's really upset about that, then yeah, that's that's a big deal. That's what he's, If that's what he signed up for, they got to figure that out. 
Let's be clear, we have never collected on that clause from Tifu or any other project. Line. So it sounds like that was the original deal, and they sw- switched it. They switched it out. Okay. So, all right. Uh, if the deal is brought to the gamer by the company, they get twenty percent on the brand deal, and eighty percent goes to the company. Eighty percent. Okay. For, okay. For for brand, yeah, for the brand that's, deal specifically. Okay, so that's that's probably where the dispute is. That's that's pretty. That's a pretty bad one. But it sounds like everything else is is pretty good here. I think what I want to talk about though is that with contracts and younger people. Um, this is, these are the situations you can get in where you get people that are inexperienced with business, um, and don't know about legal contracts. They sign things that they don't know what they're getting into and, and they can be bound by them for years and years. That happened with, uh, early on with, with, uh, uh, machinima. Uh, there's a lot of creators allegedly that were signing these deals that were locking them up for like five, 10 year deals for bad ad revenue splits on YouTube. This happened like six, seven, eight, nine years ago. Doesn't, I remember you telling me a little bit about and it. And they were not good contracts. Right. Like I, Some were like, oh, we'll give you like 40% of your money. And people like, and these are like 16-year-old kids, 15-year-old kids, but they're just happy to make any money on, on YouTube. They're getting screwed. And then getting locked into like 10-year ironclad contracts with no with like no out clauses. That So the legality, uh, allegedly, of, of these con- some of these contracts were... Or could have been voided if you you know got a lawyer and, and looked into it. So this is carrying over now potentially, potentially, to these gamer clans and these um you know these esports uh, teams where a lot of these are kids are if you're 21 you're old, you know they're like 18 yeah. or 17 playing these games. That's where they're recruiting from because those are a lot of times you you don't, you don't have a lot of times to play video games when you're in high school when you're, you don't have a job when you're 20. You know, it's kind of probably hard to pick up pro, pro gaming when you're like 38. You know, to get into it because you have a job, it's kind of hard to focus on it. It's a young man's prize sport, a young man's world, and so. But unfortunately, they feel like they can get taken advantage of. So and so now uh, looks like his other members, the members of the clan, are are saying it's unbelievable. It's um, unbelievable that he's 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 uh, lashing out. Oh, maybe he's just pissed about the skateboarding thing and being forced to to uh, to drink. He feels, I, it, you know. I, who knows the actual motivation? Faze Bank says um, he has what? He got a tattoo. I got Ko Tifu tattooed on my body. Imagine how fucking stupid I feel right now. So uh, the, the clan member feels betrayed uh, by this move. Maybe don't tattoo <laughs> esports players on your. Honestly, right fuck now. being professional. This is from Faze Banks. I like saying Faze because that's big Z. This is so beyond numbers and contracts, homie. I called you, my family. At Tifu, and not only did I get blindsided, but you can't return a call. I'm fucking crushed, dog. Wow. Wow. Okay. This is this is a weird this is a weird moment. <laughs> this is going to happen more and more, I think. As 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 uh, esports uh, matures, you're going to have disputes. You're going to have people saying they got screwed out of money or owed something more. And these are a lot of these are young kids. Yeah. These are these are young kids that. Um, don't have experience with business. Some will feel they got screwed. Some will feel that you know the Eagles are going to get involved. This is the start of it. This is the first start of like uh, Kyrie versus LeBron and Kyrie leaving <laughs> leaving the Cavs because he gets called kid by LeBron and gets pissed off and goes to the Celtics and regrets his decision two years later. Sorry, basketball, uh, uh, sports ball talk there with the NBA. NBA is great right now, by the way. So, all right, this is an interesting moment, I, I think, and I guess this is going to come out in the lawsuit. What exactly is going on here? 
Um, but it sounds like the 80% of the brand deals, that's what's the, the, the crutch of this, this, this whole disagreement. And yeah, but if you force me to skateboard, it'd be cool on YouTube. And I feel pressured. That's, that's bullshit. But I guess that's how you, you keep your name up in the news and get views and things. So. Sure. The CU podcast is proud to be working with NordVPN. That's what I use to keep myself safe online. And you can too, but care about the privacy security of your information nordvpn is giving you 66 percent off a two-year plan when you go to nordvpn.com slash cu podcast or use code cu podcast at checkout vpn stands for virtual private network and today having a vpn is more critical than ever why if you're doing anything online your information and browsing habits are out there for anyone to get a hold of when you use NordVPN, you have access to over 4,000 super speedy servers in 62 countries, and those connections secure your information using military-grade encryption. That means your information and what you do online is nearly impossible to track. They got the app for your phone, Android devices, laptop, uh, iOS devices, and one account lets you protect up to six devices. So one is all you need on the go at home the folks at pc mag made nordvpn their editor's top vpn choice on on top of all that good stuff other potential benefits maybe you could hop around the world and see where you could stream in other parts of the the world on you know netflix in europe or what have you i'm not saying you should do it or condoning it but you can try <laughs> or flight benefits again to get that special offer 66 percent off a two-year plan go to nordvpn.com slash cu podcast or use code cu podcast and get going with your secure web browsing all right, um, and uh, Sega Genesis Mini. Uh, we 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 first talked about the announcement of the ten games. We skipped uh, games uh, eleven through twenty, but now twenty one through thirty have been announced here um, about what's coming on board. So they announced uh, ten games. There's uh, thirty total. Forty going to be on the system. Um, so the ten more they added. I'll, I'll go. I'll go. I'll count down. Wonder Boy and Monster World. Yeah, that seemed like one. one. Vector Man. That's a fun one. Yeah. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog Spinball never played it Fantasy Star 4 The End of the Millennial well all those millennials I think I'm t- I'd be technically be a Millennium. millennial oh oh, oh not millennial uh, The End of the Millennial would have been a better game uh, Golden Axe I love Golden Axe God I love Golden Axe why is there a modern Golden Axe uh, Beyond Oasis know nothing about it that's good it's a top down Zelda like game okay uh, action adventure uh, Alex Kidd in the Enchanted Castle you know, I love my Alex kit. I don't. Ghouls and Ghosts, that's that's a good one. Street Fighter 2, Special Champion Edition, even though it's just Champion Edition, but they call it Special. And then the big one people were talking about was Mega Man The Wily War, since it was never brought over to North America. Yep. Um, so, Ian, uh, what, do you, what now you see 30 of the 40, is this coming together like a good solid list to you? Yeah, actually, I think the list looks fantastic. Um, I think Sega's really nailing it on the selection. Um you know, certainly better than Sony did with the PlayStation uh, Mini, and I feel like if you were a Sega fan growing up, yeah. this this is hitting a nice chunk of, I think, stuff that is nostalgic that people remember playing and definitely want to play, and stuff that maybe they haven't played but is still very good. For instance, Wily Wars, we've never had that over here in the U.S., so that's that's going to be and that goes for uh, how much is that? I'm going to look that up. How much that goes for? I don't know. You can get repros, but yeah, to actually get a European copy, I'm not. I'm not certain. Um, so that's a big one. But also, like Wonder Boy and Monster World is a great game, and that one's got that one's a cult favorite. Uh, Fantasy Star Four: End of the Millennium is really, really long, and uh, that game generally goes for about a hundred now, uh, complete. So they're they're definitely putting some value on the value on this system. 
Um, you know, Castle of Illusion and World of Illusion, the two Disney uh, Mickey Mouse games. Um, that's a great addition. And so oh, many. Contra Hardcore is on there. Oh, yeah. We talked about that the first time. That's Contra Hardcore is on there. Castlevania Bloodlines is on there. I, this is a really, really nice-looking list of games. There's so many counterfeit Wally Wars on eBay. It's insane. I'm trying to find a real one to see the price. Yeah, it's probably going to mostly be... I'm going to put in one authentic. Uh, gonna... Did you do Wily Wars Mega Drive? Because that's what it would be. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah. I just put in Wily Wars. Uh, I'm going to put in authentic to see if that gets me some here. Uh, yeah, three. Well, buy it now, three ninety complete. This one is only fifty, but it looks like it could. It's a fake. Um, not yeah, it's, it's like a hard to find game. Yeah, it's there's tons of counterfeits. Yep. So this is going to be is this, this is eighty dollars, right? Yeah. So the same price as the Super Nintendo Classic comes with the two three button controllers. They announced the six button controller for twenty bucks. Um, what I don't like is that in order to play Street Fighter Two, you need a six button controller to play it. And I think they should have threw a six button in there. I think they should have, or or bundled it with one three button, one six button, something. Um. Twenty bucks, I think, is it's not unreasonable, but the that's the generic. I mean, that's the generic controller price I see thrown around a lot. I think actually that I think they're, and I could be wrong. I think they're using the Genesis, uh, the Retrobit Genesis controllers because those are official. They're just gonna do that. Might as well. I think that might be what they do. I could be wrong, but um, I know they did a USB one. Why so. reinvent the wheel? Yeah, yeah. exactly. I just branded Sega Genesis and look exactly the same you know same casting or whatever um so the good news is that looking at the list though uh unless they add uh any other fighters to this i don't think there's any other game you need six buttons for well i'm incorrect here let me take a um, look you're more of a genesis guy than me i don't think there's at this point but if they add eternal champions eternal champions uh oh yeah eternal champions can use six yeah so it's it's hell to to play these games hitting the star button to swap out it's just hell to swap punches and kicks. It's not, you can't, they're unplayable uh, doing that. They just are. You can't do combos. You can't react quicker. You know, it, you, you, you got to twist your fingers around to do it. No. No, in all honesty, it looks like Street Fighter is the only one so far that would need six bucks. Okay. I actually prefer the field. This, I think I don't like how big and clunky the original Genesis controls are. I just don't. I don't like how they're laid out. Um, I prefer the six button one uh, myself. Um, but um, I, this is coming together nice though. This is a nice list. This is a nice list. I can't. I'm not. I'm not a. So, so you're a Sega hater. I think it's a nice list of games. Yeah, it's. It's. This is a quality list. It's a really, really there's, well-picked list. I mean, I'm, there's games in here that I don't like or wouldn't play, but I, even those. Is ones, there any? I'm gonna ask you. Is there any filler on here? You know, no, is, is is like Mean Bean Machine? Is that a filler mean, title? Mean, mean Bean Machine is Puyo Puyo. So people do love that, okay. but I always consider it a. Uh, filler title because no one really thinks about it and there's tons of other ways you can play Puyo Puyo. Uh, so Mean Bean Machine is fun. I'd say that is kind of the most fillerish of them. No but... sports games. I know they have to get licenses to like Tommy Lasorda or Pat Riley, but I'm surprised there's no... Or Montana, I guess. They can always come out with it just saying like Sega Football and take Montana's name off it. They probably could do that if they wanted to, right? Alter the ROM a little bit? No? They don't want to do the work? No sports games... 
I'm surprised not to see Columns on here. I know people don't talk about Columns ever. That was an early, somewhat important puzzle title. I'd rather have Mean Bean Machine than Columns. I'm just saying I'm surprised oh, not yeah. to see it. I'm, but I'm For saying. the heritage of the Sega Genesis, it's pretty important. It's true. Um, I mean, we got 10 more games to be nope. announced, right? Yeah, I'm just sh- not shocked, but being that the Genesis made its bones early on on arcade ports and sp- largely sports titles, I'm kind of surprised that, you know, if you don't have a, a Montana football or an NHL game on here, that would be shocking to me. But then there's licenses involved. I understand that. Yeah, I feel like NHL um, 94 would be a pretty easy pick but um, I'm just thinking, it, licensing I'm just thinking about obviously a lot of people out there don't like sports games think about the number of people that had the Genesis that love sports games they sold like hotcakes NHL games the Montana games they're very common Genesis games mm-hmm. and not to have those on here represent at all I think to me is just weird because even on the NES Classic they, they have they'll throw something at you you know they'll throw a racing game at you they'll throw, throw, throw a, you know a sports game at you right NES, what did NES Classic have for sports they had sports right yeah, the Tecmo Bowl. Yeah, and ice hockey, I believe. No ice hockey. Oh, okay. Tecmo Bowl. There was one other sports game. Oh, they, I think regular tennis. W- whatever. Yeah. They threw a sports game that was popular. So Tecmo Bowl is to NES what NHL is to Genesis. Like, those were, like, the two of the biggest sports games on each, respectively. Not to have those, I think, would be a not a black eye, but it, would, it wouldn't have fulfilled the potential of this system to me. I still think it's a great, great list of games. Not being familiar with, like, f- five or six of these at all. I think we'll get a sports game or two added in the next 10. Um, Well, maybe not a sport. I'm surprised Super Monaco is not on here. Really? Yeah. Super Monaco or OutRun. OutRun. I'm just just surprised that they haven't put a port of either. Well, OutRun wasn't a huge seller on the Genesis. No, not on the Genesis, but I'm sorry, Um, like OutRunners or OutRun, whatever the future one is. Okay. Okay. but yeah, and I think we'll probably see another fighting game. I have a feeling we'll probably see Mortal Kombat 1 or something like that. No Buster Douglas boxing? No Come Buster on, he was a, No Moonwalker? No. no Moon... Like, I'm talking about these are like the old school Genesis games that helped define the system early on. These are like the black box games of the Genesis. Moonwalker, Buster Douglas, you know, Tommy Lasorda, Joe Montana. Like, th- those are the games that the Genesis does era the first year or so that before, before, before Sonic came out. The, yeah. the eighty nine, yeah. you know, the eighty nine era, the eighty nine to early ninety era, or ninety era. Sonic was early ninety one. So, all right, yes, he Any, was. Anything else to add? No. Okay, moving on. All right, Ian, we got some GameStop news to talk about, don't we? Yeah, we do. Uh, GameStop is doing some shit. Um, <laughs> okay. I, I mean, it doesn't matter anymore. GameStop is going to keep trying to do these things, and then they're going to go under. I used to be. Uh, I'm not pro GameStop, but I used to think that just because of what they were. Do you I hate mean, gamers by hating GameStop? Yeah. I think you hate gamers. Yeah, because of um, just because they've been around for so long, uh, you know, I never really thought I put much thought into them going away. Now I think they're going away. Okay, this is we're getting to the point where the decisions are bad, and I don't think that they can get themselves out of it. What they're doing now is they're currently it's in a beta. Um, pro members are now going to get a $5 reward certificate every month. Um, that's like having an f- extra five in your pocket, they say, at the beginning of a month. Mm. A total of $60 in annual reward certificates, um, but you can't use those as rollover, so you can't build them up. So yet. each month you have $5 to spend. Yep, and you have to spend it or else it doesn't roll over to the next month. And the pro costs $20 a year to begin with. Okay. So when you look at it that way, you're gaining $40 back. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, so you're gaining, uh, you know, forty dollars essentially maximum worth of, of you, free coupons if, 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 you, if you use them. Yes. Um, so now it's showing, you know, it, it compares the memberships, um, points for every dollar spent, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so the um, uh, you get a ten percent extra trade in on game credits, accessories, that I tech and whatever. But I believe this is replacing a. What is it replacing? Is it replacing a percentage reward? It was 10% off pre-owned games. Uh, I would rather have the 10% off pre-owned games. Um, it didn't really drop the prices a ton, but I feel like overall that would work out better. Well, pre-owned game could still be 55 Five bucks, bucks if yeah. it's a week old, and then you save $5.50. So you're already saving... And then if I buy more than one, I'm saving maybe $10 a right. month, $15... The percentage yeah, is a not, way better deal. And I'm not pressured to buy something month to month to get my ass into the store. That's what this deal is trying to do. Mm-hmm. Trying to get you into the store at least once a month to spend money. Yep. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to, the gambit is that you're going to come in and spend five bucks, probably on a, an item that costs at least $20, 30 $40, or you're going to buy a new game. So they got your ass in the store, but you they want you in the store once a month, every month of the year. Yep. That's what this is doing, which is a smart move. But I can see it right through, and probably most people will. Yeah, exactly. It's not hard to figure out, and basically, you're not spending money to get a discount. You're spending money to definitely spend more money in the future. You're spending money to potentially spend money you're going to lose every month. Yeah, it's it's an awful deal. It doesn't matter which way you cut it. It's 10% off pre-owned games accessories. It's in beta right now, so there's none near our location in 100 miles that's doing this right now. So, obviously, they're trying to figure out what works, what's going to keep them afloat. This ain't it. This is uh, rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic. That's all this is doing. Yeah. Because you're actually going to make it worse for some people. What if, what if before I bought, I don't know, I bought two games a month. I'm a big gamer, Ian. I'm a big gamer. Mm-hmm. I don't watch Game of Thrones and binge it. I play games all weekend. So, I want to buy a new game maybe twice a month and sure. play through it. So, in the past, I'd be saving... 10 bucks for 10% off or, or $15. So that $15 a month is now only $5. How does that, that benefit me? It doesn't. You're just taking stuff away from Pat. Pat the pro gamer. And there are people who go to GameStop and buy more than two games a month. I mean, that's where it's really... Those people are... The people who would most benefit from a rewards program are the people who are going to suffer the most from this, this is bad. program yeah it's not good there's no there's no good way to spin this because all because all amazon has to do is see gamestop doing this it's like you know what we're gonna do the same exact thing that gamestop did to you guys out there we're gonna offer 20 dollar membership to the whatever amazon gaming club and we'll give you 10 percent off of a game you, you don't think they can do that in a heartbeat no they could they don't they'll get could. all that business from gamestop on top this is horrible it is and people were saying to us, um, we were critical of hiring the guy who ran the autos. Like, you guys don't, these guys don't run businesses. I'm like, I know what a good idea is, what a bad idea is. This yeah. is a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you can, if you can look me in the eye and say this is a good idea, and this benefits consumers, will get them into the store. More importantly, we can go back and talk about Mr. AutoZone. Yeah, we talk about Mr. AutoZone. Mr. AutoZone just collecting his check and going to get his golden parachute when they get bought out or liquidated in a year or two. A free tub of wax. This is not a good good sign at all. No. 
This this is again the blockbuster thing. Getting rid of getting rid of uh, something. Well, the blockbuster deal actually benefited the consumer. This is benefiting. Uh, this is benefiting GameStop if people buy into it. But they're not going to buy into it. Right. That's the problem. GameStop needs to do strategies to get gamers to buy into them, not to say, "Wow, I can see through this," right away. Oh, and then is this right? Was it only fourteen ninety nine before for the membership? Now it's gonna be. Uh, uh, yeah, it was. It was. Only, oh, I thought it was twelve ninety nine. Oh, so they're increasing the price of the membership on top of, and you get less, and you get less value on top of it. No one is going to do this. Holy shit! Wow. Okay, I didn't see that. Do you think that there's a possibility that this is like a, an earnest attempt to just get people to stop, and then they don't have to give any reward programs? This out? is like, like this is like uh, uh, industrial espionage. Yeah. If there was another a store chain rival, I would say they hired a guy to do this, make this decision. Yeah. Holy shit. This is fucking awful. It was okay, it was fifteen dollars, now it's gonna be twenty. Holy shit. So the extra This is horrible. So basically I so basically you're losing your discount, you're paying an extra five bucks, you're getting that five back, so you're paying fourteen ninety nine essentially for a program but that now offers you nothing. You have to spend the five dollars yeah, exactly. in that month. Yeah. At so, GameStop. So the maximum value will be sixty dollars if you spend it. Yeah. The maximum. Over the course of a year. Over the course of a year. You can't just blow it all one time. And say, like, okay, I want thirty dollars off of this game, I'll use my like no. You got five dollars off a game this month. Next month, then you get five dollars off a T-shirt that you go into the store for. This is fucking terrible. Don't ever criticize me and Ian again for thinking that. Oh, you guys ran a business. You, you'd be going to business. No, I, I wouldn't come up with this bullshit. Yeah. I'm not sure what I can come up with GameStop at this point in time. It ain't. It's not this. This is awful. Wow. Well, it's only in beta, so they might realize that no, our st- stores are now have no customers yeah, coming anymore. It's not gonna last. It's not going to last. They, they can't possibly go through with this all the way. If if these rolled over the five dollars, it would still be it would still be questionable. Yeah, but I would say okay, I can. There's still some value there, even though you got to maybe wait for the rollover in a few months. Maybe you get twenty bucks off a game. If they allowed that, I might say this is okay. If if it's still bad for the people that spend a lot more money, like you said. Yeah. It's still bad. Right. And those are the people who want to be part of those things more than, yeah. I mean, normal people don't, like normal oh, occasional Christ. shoppers don't. I'm annoyed. I am annoyed by this. All right. But me and you know nothing about business. No, not a thing. All right, Ian. This is an interesting, it's the Indigo classic retro console and XS, the new slim version, a true console with access to thousands of games from past, present, and future. Powered by a spiritual successor to Commodore Amiga OS. This is on Kickstarter, but it's called Indiegogo. Not Indiegogo and Indiegogo. <laughs> so, um, this is an all or nothing uh, project. It looks like there's only 21 backers, four days to go. I just caught wind of this just because this is um, uh, what, what this was featured on the punkeffect.com. My website's on what? I did not see this for if you go to, Holy shit. What, it's I'm, wait, wait a second. Again, hold wait, on. Wait, hold on a second here. Well, I honestly didn't no- notice that till now. When you click on this, it says like <laughs> featured on IGN, Daily Motion, Games, uh, Retro Collect, Retro Gaming, Retro Computer. Then it says the punkeffect.com on the bottom. My defunct website. What? I don't Whoa. know. 
<laughs> I don't remember talking about this. Maybe someone did an article on this on the site four or five years ago originally. Uh, okay, that's okay. That's blowing my fucking mind. Okay, I'm glad we did this topic. Uh, that's really weird to me. Uh, they, they found they found my JPEG of the PunkEffect.com site. Uh, anyway, so this is an all-in-one retro console with a built-in DVD uh, R drive. RW drive, be writable, to run games for Amiga, CD32, Sony, PlayStation, Sega Saturn, Sega CD, TurboGrafx, and more. For Saturn, Sega CD, and TurboGrafx, you need uh, additional uh, ROM files in order to work. I guess, you know, BIOS, BIOS and things like that. Because for PlayStation, they, they you know, with Bleem and everything, they, they're software emulation. Right. Uh, that's, that's totally perfectly legal uh, for that. Um, so... There's there's different versions of this. Uh, I guess I missed the first version of this, the Indigo. So there's not a, a lot of backers right now for this, which I guess um, the the goal is is uh, let's see, the goal is seventy five hundred uh, pounds. Is that euros or pounds? That's symbol Ian. Which, uh, uh, that's euros. All right, eighty three hundred dollars roughly. They might hit it. All I'm going to say about at this point in time. This reminds me of the CD. We discussed what the hell happened yeah. to the CD. I don't know if it ever came out the CD, which was a an emulator a disc drive. Um, but there is a need for something like this. There is. There is. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, we're, we've we're getting all of our solutions, you know, taken care of for cartridge games. Yeah, that's done. ROMs yeah, between flash you know, parts. Hyperkin and analog. You know, you've got you know your entry level and your. You're higher end, and yeah, like you said, you've got the flash cards and all that. So we're getting to the point where very soon there's going. Well, I won't say anything's perfect, but there'll be a lot less to worry about on the cartridge. Cards are fine. There's flash cards now for almost every major system and and handheld system. And the modern, you know, clone uh, systems, um, you know, are reasonably priced anywhere from, you know, say forty starting to, uh, you know, higher like high one hundreds, like close to two hundred yeah. for the analog. But you know, it, it's it's not crazy expensive, and you're not going to have to really worry about too much upkeep when you replace it. Uh, with a lot of these CD based systems, though, unless you're emulating, the only way you, you're Emulate. playing these is is with the actual hardware. Uh, there is no Hyperkin or analog unit out there for a Sega Saturn yet, and uh, we need something like that so people don't have to hunt down and spend a hundred bucks on a Saturn just to find out that their lens is going to crap out a year later. Sure. Uh, this comes pre-installed. This is cute with uh, the shareware versions of Doom, uh, Quake, Duke Nukem, and Wacky Wheels. And nice. The, <laughs> and the full version of Jim Power. Okay. And then they have an app store they're uh, building on this. So we were I'm, just talking about Wacky Wheels like last week. We were. This is weird. I'm weird out that, that, that my logo is on this, on this uh, Kickstarter when I don't remember discussing this ever. I, I just don't. Well, and your site's uh, been down forever. My site's been down for now a year. It's a, a year now officially. Yeah, I don't Rest think... in peace. Unless the, unless the CD turned into this, I don't think we've ever talked about this. <laughs> no, the CD, I think, never came out from what I saw. Yeah. I don't think it ever, it ever come out. Um, but this doesn't cost a huge amount. What what does this cost to actually get this uh, to get this uh, version here? It uh, costs. Uh, what's the cheapest one? Oh no, it's the, uh, the bare bone is a hundred a hundred uh, euros. Hundred euros. I think the CD was trying to be a uh, hundred US. It's one hundred eleven dollars. Okay. That's not bad. Because, uh, like I said, I think the CD was, was shooting for $99.99. That's not, that's not terrible. No. For this? If it that, does what it says, it does if it it's well. well made. Yeah, that's not bad. And then the $200, 200, excuse me, 200 euro one, um, you get the, uh, what do you get on top of that? You get 
uh, Odroid XU4. I'm not familiar with 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 that. I guess operating system. I I don't know what you can do with that. Um, but this is also a Blu-ray uh, upgrade you can get on this. Uh, it's an SD card you get with with the uh, Indigo OS and Arrow Arrow's OS image. So this is this is going to be something that I think happens more. The Polymega. The longer the Polymega doesn't come out with their bare system, which is the CD system that this stuff yeah. do, the worse and worse shape they're going to be in. Because to me, that was always the linchpin for me. Yeah, I was always on board. Nothing with like, else okay. of it, it, it interested me. It was only well everything else. Is, they're they're getting they're beaten to the punch with the analog yeah. systems that, with with the uh, the Mega SG and, and then the Super NT. So the Super Nintendo and Genesis is covered. That's covered. Yeah, and, and with the clones, it's covered. But the CD based systems is what we're still waiting for we're waiting for that solution if i can get a hundred dollar system with an hdmi out um that does uh turbo slash pc engine cd sega saturn sega cd um play a playstation one maybe playstation two and then if you ever could work on xbox eventually with a emulator upgrade sure we're set that's good We're, we're good for like you know 10 10 12 years of generation of games and we're set until you know, the next version comes out in 2030, it does 360 and, you know, PS3. You know what I mean? Like, we're set with that. So check out, check this out. I don't, I'm not familiar with the company before what they've done here. I, I don't, I, apparently I should be because my, my website logo's on this. <laughs> I, I, I honestly didn't know until I looked at you and I was like, what the fuck? What, what is it doing there? I, I just think it's funny. I feel like reaching out now and saying, when was this spoken about? Yeah. I guess someone did an article mentioning the, the past Kickstarter. Because unless someone took over the punkoffect.com and did a recent article, I don't know about it. Okay. Moving on, Ian. Moving on. I've got a story. (laughs) (laughs) Intro's done now. Yay, I waited. So, um... This is a fun one. I'll, I'll only tell one of them. I'll save the other one. So it's seven thirty, and uh, night's wrapping up, and a guy calls me on the phone, and I answer. Yeah, who's this? And this is Ian. I work at Luna Video Games. All right. Well, that PS3 you sold me—it doesn't work. It doesn't load games. Is this a strikes back? No, it's not a strikes back. It's just another... It's just... So I say, okay, um, I didn't sell any PS3s today. Um, Did you get it like a previous day or when did you pick it up? And he's like, I got it from a girl. I'm like, okay. Uh, Like our employee, Lane? Yeah. I'm like, okay. So I'm like, explain to me what's going on. He goes, well, I put the disc in the system and nothing happens. Okay. He goes, and I think the system's missing a piece. Like, what do you mean? He goes, well, I put the game in the system and nothing happens. He goes, but the top of the system is flat. And I'm like, okay, so at this point, I'm already getting spun around and very confused. It's flat. It's flat. And I said, okay. Um, And then he goes, oh, when I press the eject button, nothing comes out. And I'm like, okay, that means you don't have anything in the system. And he goes, no, no, there's nothing to eject. 
I go, which version of the system do you have, sir? And he goes, I don't know, it's the slim one. Okay. So I'm like, okay, that it could be the super slim or the normal slim. I'm like, okay, I said, we test everything before it goes out. I said, it's definitely working. I said, we haven't had any, you know, PS3s go fast. It couldn't have been in here for very long. Mm-hmm. I said, if it's broken, obviously, we're sorry and we'll take care of it. But I'm like, just walk me through what you do. He's like, well, I have it plugged in like I'm supposed to and hooked up to the TV. Okay. And then I put the disc in. I'm like, where does the disc go in? And he goes, well, like I'm telling you, it's flat on top of the one part. So I put the disc in and lay it flat. And I go, okay. And my head now I'm starting to get an idea. I go, okay, so you're using a super slim. He's like, I don't know. It's just, there's, you know, no, no piece on top. I'm getting angry because he's just like, he's not explaining anything properly. I'm getting angry because I don't... So, I realize that he's talking about the Super Slim. The Super Slim is the one where you hit the eject button Mm -hmm. and the top slides over. It's just a, a, like, a click, like a trigger. So, when you hit it, 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 it's not like you press it and it makes a motor go. It just slides it over. It's an ejector. Yeah, and it just slides it and then it exposes the CD drive and you drop the CD in and then you close it it, and then you turn it on. So... I finally get that figured out. And I said, okay. And now close it. And I said, and he's like, oh, and then I turn it on and nothing happens. I said, okay, you have to close it. I said, this is the problem. I said, you're not closing the PS3. So at this point, I can't. You mean he wasn't closing the the, 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 the disk drive? He wasn't closing it. No. So at this point, I, I I can't believe that we're getting this far. Uh, that, that it's it's that's you know it's this far gone, and I said you need. He's like, well, what do you mean? There's nothing to close. And I said, sir, put your hand on top of that side and just slide it closed. And he goes, there's nothing to slide closed. So and so and then I, I'm like, so he doesn't know, but the drive bay needs to be closed. Yes, he has no idea that the drive bay needs to be closed. So I'm like, sir, I I said. We close in like 15 minutes. I said, I, I can't help you. I said, well, I said, well, I said, I don't know what else to tell you. I said, we wouldn't sell something with a missing piece. I said, but you're what telling do, me there's nothing to close. What does he think is missing though? He thinks the, the part that you slide over is missing. To mean, to mean to do it automatically. No, you're, you're supposed to take your hand and do it. There's nothing automatic about but it. But what, what piece is missing then to him? He thinks, okay, so this is a piece that hits it in. No, this a a hand comes and hits it. This is the side. This is the top of the system. Okay. This is where the CD goes. Okay. There's a cover. Okay. Okay. You hit the eject button. It pops out. Slides this way. Okay. Nothing pops out. It's the cover slides. Oh, the cover slides. It slides slides across the other side of the system. Okay. You drop the CD in, you slide the cover back over, and you hit the power button. Oh, so it's not a drive that comes out. It just slides it. Oh. Yeah. So you just. Slide. So he's saying a piece was supposed to come out on top of that. No, he says there's no piece to cover it. Oh, I see. Right. Okay. But see, now you're understanding, now I'm understanding why I'm, But now you're understanding okay. why I was so confused. Because, like, what do you mean? I'm like, we wouldn't sell it with, like, just a piece broken off. So I'm like, sir, I, at this point, I can't help you anymore over the phone. Um, you're going to have to come in tomorrow. Lane will be here. Or if you want to see me, Super slow, I'll huh? be at the other location. And then he gets mad. Why are you going to be at the other location? Like, because that's where I work tomorrow. Oh, it's, it's adorable. I've never seen a super slim PS3. It's cute. Oh, yeah, they're cute. 
It's adorable. And I said, that's where I work. And he goes, no, nah, nah. I was like, but Lane will be here. I said, so, you know, whichever store you want to come into, you can. Because I usually tell people if I have like a long conversation with them on the phone and they can't come in, but I'm going to be somewhere the next day. I let them know so they don't have to re-explain everything if something's sure. going wrong. So he goes, oh, no, why are you going to be over in the other store? I'm like, that's where I work. I said, Lane will be here. And he goes, Mm-mm, no, no, this ain't the business. <laughs> this, this ain't the business. I'm going to be right there. And I said, sir, it's 7.50. If you get here after 8, I said, I'm closing the door and I'm locking it. I said, I'm not waiting. Because in my head, I know one of two things is, is wrong with this system. One of two things. Either he doesn't know that the door needs to be closed... Okay. And he's still not doing it right. Like, even though I, I told him, I said, put your hand on it and slide. Or he had mentioned that he'd bought it like two, three days ago and that he had left it in the uh, the bag. Okay. And he's like, and I pulled it out now and now this is all screwed up. The other thing in my head that I'm thinking is like, he left it in a bag. It got kicked or stepped on or someone picked it up. And maybe, just maybe, that piece had actually gotten ripped off somehow. Okay. And that would have required a lot of force and effort. But that's the only other thing I can think of. So I'm getting ready, and I'm getting ready to close up. And, I mean, he's been an asshole. So he's, like, just been an asshole. He's taking, like, all this time, like, to respond and being snarky. Why don't you just hang up? Well, so I get off the phone. He comes in, like, three minutes before closing. I'm thinking I'm, he's, I'm not going to see him. He comes in, walking in with this fucking big dick all hanging out like he's a tough guy. How old is he? Uh, he was probably like 25. Okay. Um, maybe probably older, like 30. He was, he was closer to probably our age. He puts it down and he goes, and he reaches into the bag and goes, this is exactly how I got it from you guys and pulls it out. Okay. And I got so pissed and I said, you put your hand on it and you fucking slide it shut. You just showed him. Yeah. He's like, well, I, I didn't know. I haven't used this model of PS3 before. I've only had an original. I said, I told you on the phone. I said, instead of calling me up and giving me shit. Google it, motherfucker. <laughs> I said, you could have just tried to close it like I told you on the phone. I, I'm sorry. At that point, I had no patience. I told the guy what to do on the phone. And then he starts mouthing off and giving me shit and then comes in and he doesn't know how to close his fucking PlayStation 3. <laughs> he doesn't know how to slide the door closed on a PS3. On a fucking PS3. So he looks at me and I'm like, and that's that. And I hand it back to him and he like, his face gets so red and he starts watering in the corners of his eyes. And he turns around and just walks out without saying anything. <laughs> I don't know because he's embarrassed and he's angry and he's, he got humiliated. Yeah, I, well, I don't care. There was no one else in the store. I would have just googled it. I would have googled like I said. I never saw one before I, in person. I would have just said Super Slim PS3, at, like unboxing or something, and would have saw that. That's how you do it. Or looked up the manual if you didn't know. But the fact that he didn't even try to put his no, hand on he it didn't, is weird. He didn't try anything. That's he just, just wanted to be fucking pissed off. That's just fucking weird. Like, I don't know what he was expecting. Was he, like, doubling down on a gamble? Like, did he really think we would have sold I something don't know. like that? I don't know. I guess, I mean, he probably saw it working before he bought it, right? Or 
Yeah, and he would have had to have seen it with the lid on it. What happened is, I mean, there's that eject switch. What happened is in the bag somewhere on the way home or whatever, it bumped the eject thing and so basically... So it came off. The cover so, came so off. It doesn't, like, fall off, but it just it slides, slides over. over. So he was like, what the fuck is this? It doesn't look like a complete system because it's missing part of the top. He, he's an idiot, basically. Yeah, because it was, it was one of the most idiotic encounters <laughs> I have ever had with a person. Wow. And I'm really good about, like... Being patient. These days about being patient, but... No, you're going to call me up and talk to me for 15 minutes about how this is screwed up and you're going to make it hard and you're not going to explain things and answer things I say. And then when I tell you to, sir, please look at it. I know this sounds silly, but there's a cover you can slide over. And sometimes it looks like it's hidden. Can you please put your hand there and try sliding it over? And he's like, yeah, there's nothing to push over. And then he brings it in five minutes later. Well, and I literally closed his PlayStation 3 for him. All's well that ends well, Ian. I, I guess. Anyway, I gotta. We got We got I gotta wrap up. Soon, got, so let's, we got let's some do that Patreon. Left. All right, we got a Patreon poll topic, and I screwed up last week, and I put uh, multiple uh, entries was the default for on a poll topic. So I, it was. Uh, we're gonna keep the integrity of the Patreon poll, and you can go to patreon.com slash see your podcast. <laughs> In third place, Ian. 18% garage sale etiquette. What is proper? Communication, testing systems? No one gives a shit. 18%. In second place, Pat's terrible Suncoast working experience at 38% strong, which means... Finally. Whoop, whoop. This is the Price is Right sound, Kieran. Whoop, whoop, whoop. What would a CU podcast movie look like at 44% after like three months it made it, Ian? <laughs> what would a CU podcast movie look like? All right. Pat All right, finger I, cage, finger cage. Tommy Tucker, finger cage. Tellerico, finger cage. Um, <laughs> a convention okay. runner who doesn't like us very much. You're pitching it. Okay. All right. Is inviting us out to a convention. Okay. All right. But this convention runner, he doesn't like us. He's playing a long game. It's a long game. Okay. He's playing a long game. Okay. All right. So he's going to have us out there. <laughs> maybe he had done a video online about one of us at one point. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. But... Um, it's going to be a long game, so he's going to play it up. He's going to promote it. He's going to act like uh, cover a hotel, first right. class accommodations. Exactly. Um, and then when we get there, we're going to find out it's all a sham. Okay. And we're on the run. And then it's going to become a road trip movie. This part is where this is where I'm. Trying so they to start out. chasing us. So they start chasing. So this isn't us. like a saw movie with a convention with traps. No, it's, it's, it's a road movie. No, it's going to be kind of like a a road trip slash Smokey and the Bandit kind of movie. <laughs> so we got a rental car. Yeah, uh, yeah. We, we got, got a Chevy a rental, Cobalt. A rental car, uh, and we'll have to argue about food choices our, a lot during the whole. Our movie. Sempra. We got our Nissan Sempra. Uh-huh. We We're, can maybe do a scene at Cheddar's where I tell you this is awful and I have no idea why you want to be here. So who's chasing us in this movie? Who's the Who's the antagonist? Is it a bunch of thugs that are hired by the person running? Yeah, the yeah. Fashion? It's like it's the con runner and his cronies. And his cronies are after us. Yes. So they're always one step behind us, like smoking. It's literally smoking the bandit with <laughs> rental smoking, cars. It's smoking the bandit. We're getting chased at a nice thirty-seven miles an hour. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what it is. Mm-hmm. That that's our. Yeah. Uh, so basically, the, the scene is we get to the convention, we're all excited, and we walk in, and it's just an empty warehouse full of a bunch of goons punching their hand. Then we just turn around and, that, and run, and that's when we have to run. We'll figure out the m- more details later. This sounds but... like this sounds like adventures and babysitting a little bit, it doesn't it? A little bit. It's fine. I just saw it recently, first time. Great eighties. <laughs> that's what it sounds like, yeah. though. <laughs> that's fine too. Doesn't it sound like that? What you just said? You, you ripped off adventures and babysitting. <laughs> I, I haven't seen that in ages. But so. they they're in the run because they get they get in a situation and they're all constantly on the run after that. Well, that's um, what I'm looking at. 
wow, I'm surprised you didn't work in like maybe this. I think it's like the Blues Brothers. We we encounter different groups of people on the way. Like sure. like like in um in in that movie they they encounter, encounter the neo Nazis at one point. Kind Nazis, of, they then they encounter like the, 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 it can be a little bit like the Warriors in that we have to get from point A to okay, point B okay. and we, inter- we, we interact with different we, groups. We tangle. Okay, perfect. We tangle with a bunch we tangle. of different groups. So maybe yeah. we tangle with I don't know an incel <laughs> cult that's that is unhappy that we talked about a mobile game at one point. We run away from their uh, their their leader, you know, who hasn't seen his dick probably since the Clinton administration. We, we do that at one point in the movie. We do. You know that that'd be great. Yeah. At one point in there, that, that maybe at some other point, there was like the, the, the we we run into the dumpster divers that don't like us. We get we go on the run from them. I'm liking this concept, Ian. This is the pitch meeting. We're we're building up the we pitch take, meeting. We here. take a wrong turn. We take a wrong uh-huh. turn at one point, and we end up at uh, BlizzCon. I build this clock. Is that what happens? <laughs> yeah. And then everyone just looks at us and just starts. Ah, and we get back in our our, our sempra and go off at our. Uh, we scream away at twenty miles an hour because that's probably the top speed of a Nissan. Is it a Nissan Sempra? Sentra. Sentra. The Sentra. That's always the the cheap rental car you get. It's like cheaper than a. There's Civic. a Supra and a Sentra, and gotcha. the Supra is um, Toyota. That's always the default rental car for $23 a day, whatever it is, you get that one. Cool. All right, so we got okay, so we got the dumpster people, the gaming co- convention. That's how it starts with, with the, the gaming convention person gets us. We got the we got the incel cult angry about us about a mobile game. Uh what else what else do we got? We got we need like a fourth element here that, that comes after us on the run. Just everyone just angry at Patney, which doesn't happen in real life. Everyone loves us in real life. We we need a, we need a fourth element of someone that's come after us. I was gonna say you gotta you gotta work in a tech reviewer maybe. I, uh, I was I was gonna say I was gonna say the the uh, no I was gonna say after we dodge all of the original problems, someone from our past comes out. Okay, someone with the last name Kennedy. Oh, there's a Kennedy. Maybe yeah. maybe someone in politics. Ian, is that what you're referring to? <laughs> yeah. Once once we get back, into, it's a it's it's, it's once it's, we get back to California and we think we're in the clear. They're no, not. No. We we have someone that maybe used a a shell of a former video game uh, <laughs> console to, to like form a tank of yeah. some sort. Uh-huh. You have a we'll just call it the chameleon tank. Yeah, comes after us. The tank chameleon, and we got our our Nissan. We're trying to weave away from the from the <laughs> the, the, the tank fire. Yes. Now we got to write this movie, and this is how I we know. go out on top. This yeah. is how if you want us out there, everyone who hates us, you want us off of YouTube. This is how you do it. You fund us the the, the $200,000 to make the movie. We won't have time to do the podcast anymore. That's right. We'll do the we'll do the CU podcast the movie. By the way, shout out to the artist uh, who did the uh the comic uh, cover of, of Ian and, and I. That was uh, Oh, that was great. Uh I don't know, What's uh, his name? Uh, Percy Havoc is the name. Percy Havoc? Yeah. All right. I'll I'll, I'll share the I'll share the image uh, again. Um that it's was good. that was fantastic. Yeah, it's real Ian great. with the power of the purple popsicles. <laughs> And Pat with his Nintendo Zapper, I had the six pack in that nice. Uh, I looked svelte. Yeah, you yeah, did. I was, I was like, hey, you know what? You give me a little too much credit right now. I'm trying to work at it. I'm try- you know, I got some methods going on. I'm trying to do it. But um, I think that's I think that's that's the key though. We we got them all though. We got like like four. You need yeah. like four elements. Yeah. We got the dumpster people, incel cult, uh, with the leader has seen his dick since the Clinton administration. We we got Kennedy, and, and then we have uh, the nefarious uh, person running the game. <laughs> yeah. There it is. <laughs> that's how we write it up. So, in the future, uh, you can vote uh, patreon.com uh, slash CU podcast. Uh, you get Ian's writing. You'll have a writing tomorrow yeah, or later probably today. Probably today. Let's do it. Um, and then you can uh, pre order a certain uh, Super Nintendo guidebook at ultimate uh, SNES.com or you can 
uh, pre-ordered the third print run of the NES Club. You know, I've only sold about a hundred copies twice. That's you know, that's what only sold a hundred copies. I admit it. You got you got me out there. Yeah, it's like running a lemonade stand. I only sold a hundred NES guidebooks. That's all I sold, Ian. Not thousand. That's 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 all I sold. Um, and, and then we're going to be at Missouri Game Con and in, in, in uh, no, you'll be at Missouri. I'll be Game at Missouri Con. Game. I'm sorry, I'll and be at Missouri. We'll Game be at Long Island Con together, uh, August Con. Red, uh, blah, 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 August 10th and 11th. And I will be at Too Many Games uh, June 19th to the 21st in Oaks, Pennsylvania. Um, so that's it for this See You podcast. We will see you in a week. Bye.